0: I'm one of those fans like to this day where it's like if I see somebody has like a vanity plate on their car and it's like a split sports plate where it's like in this house we have a favorite NL and an AL team I'm always like you're not a real fan. (laughs) 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 unless you present me the origin story of your own and be like well my my mom fucked a padres player and my dad grew up loving the marlins you know and i'm like okay i guess but
1: even yeah you have to be the parent of two children who are currently being employed by those teams
0: (laughs)
2: Welcome to the Blackout Diaries, a show where stand up comics plus everyday people tell true drinking stories.
1: I'm your host, Sean Bear Flannery. Yep, and I am CJ Sullivan. And each week here on the Blackout Diaries, we're going to hear another uh, drinking story from a comic or non comic alike and have a theme towards it. And today's theme. Is unruly baseball fans?
2: Surprisingly, the most unruly of all fans in America. Yeah,
1: I, feel. I wouldn't even call it unruly. I think unruly is a bad label for that. I think baseball kind of enhances, you know what I mean? Kind of encourages that uh, that behavior. So, baseball fandom and the drunkenness that comes with it, of course. It's like it's like
2: it's like, uh, like the January sixth riot,
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: <laughs> where we're, we're, <laughs> where where white, you know, we're well behaved until we see something we don't like. And then uh-huh. we want to burn the whole place down. <laughs> yeah, that's how baseball is.
1: Yeah, for absolutely. <laughs> I definitely think so. Our guest, of course, is is the ha- hilarious comedian Hannah <laughs> Hannah Rushline. <laughs> Hannah, Rush- Hannah Rushline. <laughs> Hannah comic. Rushline. I'm just, I'm just laughing about that. How, justifying January 6th. Though, I'm not case, trying to justify. It. it. I'm just saying no, it's no, that no, same
2: type of eruption where, like, absolutely, all those guys who they're being thrown in jail. All their neighbors are like. Golfed with him. Totally normal guy. Yeah. Quiet man. <laughs> you know, you know, but then always he just scream couldn't, there, couldn't right. handle that, you
1: know? <laughs> that. He didn't like Manny Machado not hustling the first base. And... <laughs> <laughs> but there's also a delay with the baseballs. I mean, you, are, of course, would be a, a fantastic expert in, in field of baseball. You're a baseball historian, first of all.
2: Love baseball. Love baseball also, history. And
1: you're, and you're a drunkard historian. So when you put those two together... It's great. You one time uh, you got one time snuck into a minor league baseball uh stadium, bull dorm style and got stuck in there and caught and had to so, uh
2: had to wait for security to find me. Uh, <laughs> so they could get me out. That is 100%. So you,
1: true. you got in and had no exit
2: strategy? A- Akroneros. Um Akroneros. I didn't realize so I climbed up the fence. Mm-hmm. And I just had forgotten that I was able to get to the top of the fence because, like, there was, like, this, uh, like, concrete embankment on the exterior, but it wasn't there on the interior. So, like, there was yeah. no way for me to get high enough. But I ran the bases, which, first of all, when you're drunk and it's 3 in the morning, this was I, – I also don't blame myself because this was – this. <laughs> This minor, this minor league stadium was right next to a brewery, and it's like, well, yeah. what do you think I is going to
1: happen, Your Honor? I mean, it's his entrapment almost.
2: <laughs> it is. I mean, what do you? They call last call. There was three of us down there. We had never met before.
1: Right? Really? <laughs> <Yeah>. Just ran. <laughs> one guy had one leg. First first time, huh, buddy? Time. Come on.
2: <laughs> um, and that's going to be the theme of this episode, I think. Is uh. I don't blame myself. <laughs>
1: How could you? Oh, you couldn't get out because of the fence. You couldn't. I couldn't. That, I right?
2: couldn't get high enough for the fence. Yeah, but the security guards don't give a fuck. They're just like, get out of here.
1: Right, and it's minor league baseball. That's kind of what it's. it's almost. They're just excited lineup. to have a fan base. Mm-hmm. <laughs>
2: Cj, you're also. I mean, you have a deep, deep uh, baseball history yourself. Uh, played sure. baseball. You're the only man I know who's been kicked out of every level. Of baseball, from the highest level, you were kicked out of a World Series game to the lowest yep. level, to even the collegiate level, you were you were kicked out of a college game.
1: Every childhood's dream to get kicked out of a World Series <laughs> game to uh, literally, <laughs> a little league, little but yeah, college. And actually, college, we, um, we 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 thought we'd make a college baseball thing. We kind of sit in the outfield and heckling on a bunch of football players, whatever. That's and why heckling, you go heckling the other outfield. Yeah, that's why you go yeah. Long lawn chairs. They got into it back and forth, you know. A little bit. And then we got carried away. And after the game, we thought, you know what? They deserve a beer. We got (laughs) one of those things. We thought there was a camaraderie going on, you know? (laughs) and we walked on we walked onto the bus of the other team you know with the beer. like ah, we just want to get the beer and remember the coach is like get the fuck out of here and we and, and you, ever, like, you look around like oh yeah we're not in safe territory right now this is uh, these are all pro division 1 athletes you know <laughs> exactly who just kick. who just lost a baseball game <laughs> and we thought you know for being good sports yeah let's just get the hell out of here Oh man! So we're gonna good. hear, yeah. So we're gonna hear, we're gonna hear another story right now. Actually, Sean from hilarious Hannah Rushline, and uh, of her being kicked out of a Tigers Yankees game for foul language, which I, which I'm, which I'm absolutely against. Yes, we'll talk about that. Well, we're, we're, we're against her against being
2: ejected, not the foul exactly. language. Yeah, yeah,
1: not the foul language, yeah. not at all. But we'll talk about, uh, we'll talk about that one. We'll interview her afterwards. But right now, without further brew, let's open up another chapter the Blackout Diaries and hear from hilarious Hannah Rushline.
0: to take some time right off top just to let you know, in true comedic fashion, today is my fourth year sober from alcohol. So laugh, motherfuckers, or I'm relapsing on that memorial. You're going to have the rage of my pastor, dad, and Asian mom just fucking floating over you. We've come a long way, baby. Holy shit. How's everybody feeling all right? Yeah. You guys are like, man, what was that drinking problem like for you? Good. 15 years too long? You know, you're like, Hannah, how much were you drinking, dudes? From the very start, when I started about 19 years old at IU, minimum 10 drinks a day for that entire time. You know, it's quite a bit. I Like I said, I'm a presidential sober term off of booze. <laughs> but I do have to report, because some of you guys can see my eyes, I am ripped high. <laughs> so that's definitely one way to kind of get away from that, if that's something that you need to do, dudes. I... Uh, I'm 38 years old and never really been much but a server stand-up comic, so I don't have health insurance, but I am going to share my personal script with you guys. I know it's hard outside right now. Be gentle with your mentals, dudes. I know some of you guys have a detached hippocampus right now, and I'd love to be there with you, but like I said, I've made a promise to that uh, Ms. Swan look-alike at my house that I'd give sobriety the old college try, dudes. But this is what i have been doing feel free to take this home this one good takeaway from this set or whatever the story is you know anytime i'm just like spinning that wheel of sad turn on any of the apps this is what i do is what i did today i just take a few centering breaths and then i eat up 150 milligrams of edibles <laughs> <laughs> And then I start touching myself to videos of Kyle Rittenhouse crying. (laughs) (laughs) Mommy's pretty wiped out. Feels pretty good though. Give it a try. Like I said, you got the time. The story I want to tell you guys today, you can tell probably in that uh, 15 years of, like I said, blackout drinking. uh, I had a handful I could have picked from a hat today. (laughs) most things I don't remember and people have to like recount back to me over avocado toast nowadays (laughs) but you know now being sober for a little bit people kind of are asking me you know they'll ask me things like Hannah when did you know you needed to get sober you know and I was like right from the very start (laughs) first time I had to send out an I'm sorry text after family Thanksgiving (laughs) You know, anytime I wreck my ex husband's car drunk on absinthe in Terre Haute, Indiana. <laughs> But this particular day in my very young drinking dumb, you know, was probably one of those moments when I recounted back to you where you're like, yeah, that's probably where you should have <laughs> taken them up on that first rehab stint hand, uh, turned the beat around. And it was the first time, i tell you the story, the first time I went to Detroit, Michigan. <laughs> I was 21 years old. And you guys, I know, it appears that I have, you know, I look like a hot toddler. <laughs> so you're like, maybe that wasn't too long ago, but it was, dude. I was 21 in 2005. You know, somebody brought up 9-11, I was like, that's all I wanna talk about. <laughs> I walked into senior level physics in Cornfields, Indiana, and the lights went out in Georgia. I haven't been there. <laughs> same sense, but that's a different storyteller's show. (laughs) You know, I've just never been to Detroit, Uh, aside from being a lush and, you know, like I said, a problem drinker for a really long time. Another thing about my backstory that it's not really apparent from looking at me is I'm a major sports fan. (laughs) I've got 12 tattoos currently, and two of them are sports-related. One of them I got when I was 20 years old in Terre Haute, Indiana is my first one. I got a tramp stamp is the Pacers. Colts, Yankees logos. <laughs> Even as a young, drunk cunt, I was like, what will I still love when I'm old and gray? Fading away, and I was like, those ignorant-ass teams for sure. You know, like, honestly, I love what I do with comedy and shit, but, like, this was, like, my fourth choice, dude. <laughs> like, I grew up loving sports, loving sports. I still wish I could be on Sports Center. you know? I wanted to be Linda Cohn, not Baron Allie Wong, but like I said, I had that 15-year that nightmare, dudes. And so the first time when I was 21 that I went to Detroit, I'd been serving, as you do when you have that kind of a drinking problem, you know, back there at a sushi restaurant. And one of my co-workers, Rob, was like, Hannah, uh, you want to go back with me to where I grew up? And then he was like, the Yankees are playing the Tigers at Comerica. And I was like, fuck yeah, Rob, I do want to go get blasted on the road, dudes, you know? And so that's the day we went over there. The day started, you know, as it will around noon and we were drinking in a park across from Canada. (laughs) Bud heavies, dude. And you can see me, I'm two clicks away from 40 years old now. I'm a grizzled old cunt. This was 21-year-old Hannah. Still a little light behind my eyes, you know? <laughs> the decent kind of Asian, I, uh, not that day. Not in a Yankee 7 and 3 8 fitted cap, you know? Just putting one butt heavy away after another. <laughs> on a tiny frame. It was a day game. By the time I got there, I was in outer space. (laughs) You know, I was with three of my dude friends. I remember at one point like looking down, maybe in the third inning, and I had like a whole beer in my lap still, one in the cup holder and one on the ground. And like I said, I'd been putting them down, dudes. (laughs) And all I know is, you know, I was having a pretty good time, I thought, until the seventh inning when the first baseline judge finally got my drunken attention and was like, ma'am, if you use the F word one more time, you're out (laughs) of (laughs) here. And I want everyone to know, based on what I'm told by my friends, I wasn't like gratuitous. I wasn't like using the F word in any kind of like malicious way. You know, I was just 15 Budweiser's deep, you know? (laughs) And speaking through my own mania, clearly. (laughs) Yeah, I guess I found out later I was just using it gratuitously. I was like saying shit like, Maglio Ardonez, cut your fucking hair. (laughs) Or like, Derek Jeter, I've loved you since I was fucking 10. And I guess the straw that broke the camel's back was when I told this young couple in front of me, I was like, that's the cutest fucking baby I've ever seen. (laughs) And then dapped up the mom, you know? So, uh, as you would believe, I said the F word about two minutes later, but my friend managed to get a hand over my mouth. And they got me out of the game where I blacked out across the street at Hockey Town. (laughs) Uh, had to be put down for a nap, and they thought the entire rest of the night. But as you guys know, 21 years old, you don't got a lot of miles on the cunt facts yet, dudes. And eventually, I popped up from one of my first disco naps, revived, and spent the back half of the evening between a strip club on eight miles, in an Irish pub where we clocked my drinks the next day, somewhere in the range of 30 to 35. Yeah, Jesus Christ is right. My dad's still the pastor of a church. Yeah, as you can imagine, this doesn't make him feel good, but it does feel a little better. I forgot I even had a picture. Holy shit, there I am. You can't see the Yankee hat, but you can just see the Krispy Kreme in my eyes, dude. That's, bit, that's Primo gone, girl. And I even forgot later that night after we left that Irish pub, I ended up at the MGM Grand Casino they just built for the very first time. Walking around like a goddamn zombie, dude. So, uh, yeah, that was one of the moments I knew I needed to get sober but then I did it for another 14. (laughs) Uh, So I guess what I wanna tell everyone in a really hopeful way, you know, if you're like a late bloomer and it takes you a while to get to shit, like, you know, it's A-okay whenever you wanna turn the beat around, dudes. It's like, I'm almost 39 years old and I saved stand-up comedy anal and cocaine for my mid-thirties. I know. And I'm doing two out of the three professionally now. You want to know how to buy some of my butthole or yak after the show hit me
1: up? And we're back in the Blackout Diaries. That was amazing. Hannah Rush line. Rush the line. I knew I was going to rush in the line. You nailed it. Don't be in a rush. Don't be in a rush. Walk in the line. We have Hannah here after. <laughs> I, was in a, I was in a rush to pronounce that name after you told me that clever way to say it. I have I mean,
0: I have to. Uh, that's the number one question I get asked in stand up comedy is uh, so how the fuck do you pronounce that?
1: That's <laughs> a good way to do it. Rush line. Yeah. But that story, that story was amazing. You just told of uh, getting kicked out of a Tigers Yankees game for too many f bombs, and I, I related that story too much. Not, not obviously from drinking and being kicked out and being rude, but like saying saying the f word, but not in a not in a you know in a mean derogatory way, just like in a, in a conversational way. Like, hey, look at that cute fucking baby. You have a cute fucking baby. That's just. If anything, you're complimenting someone. That's
0: how I felt. I mean, if if nothing more, it was the sin of gluttony, of just gratuitous use of something that I frankly enjoy. I like that word. and if people are right. if people are like, well, Hannah, you have better words. certainly I do. I'm an English major, but I fucking like the ones that I choose for a reason from alliteration to preference and attitude on up.
2: I feel also uh, in your defense that uh, the home team should kind of compromise with the norms of the visiting team's fans. Like I feel like when when Yankee fans are showing up, mm. you should expect more f bombs, right?
1: Sure, you're, be the guest.
2: You're in New York right now. Have you caught a Yankees game while you're visiting? Not on
0: this particular trip, but the last one about a month ago, I came in and I did. Cause I don't, I don't feel
2: you would have been hassled if you were cheering like that in the Bronx.
0: No, if anything, I might have got fingered in a you know engagement out of it. <laughs> 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 That's all. I'm always just one weird game away from being engaged to a little baby box brommer you know, little bomber just <laughs> <laughs> named River, having a totally different life and just killing with open mics. <laughs> that is a good point were you wearing yankee gear at the time do you if you if you recall for sure it's i had a yeah i had a yankee fitted on even way back when um dad raised us legitimate yankee fans there's no pro baseball team in indiana as you're aware so he raises indianapolis pacers colts and then yankee fans based on his fandom as a a young like boy and adult so yeah That's the way it's supposed to be. I'm
2: so jealous of that. Coming from Cleveland, a a city of just chronic losers. I'm jealous of people who love sports and they live in this ambiguous area. So they're like, why don't we just pick a winner?
1: Yeah, that's kind of fun. Like, especially someone like Indiana where you have certain sports, but the one hole baseball, all right, we can just pick the best one there. You're a free agent. You're a free agent fan. (laughs) So we're the Pacers fans. We're terrible, but we're also the Yankees. That's great. We also like Chinese Taipei Little League as well. Yeah, I mean, I'm half Asian. At at this
0: point, that's allyship for me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> and you have the tattoo to prove that 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 struggle. What a what a hilarious reveal that was of your tattoo of is it's is it's Pacers Colts and Yankees. Is that what yeah, it was
0: so my very first tattoo that's like first of 12. Uh I got it when I was 20 years old in Terre Haute, Indiana, so that's I'm about to turn 39, so do the math, you know, to circa 2004. Okay. And I remember thinking yeah. to myself, you know, as a pastor's daughter, tattoos were always like you know, synonymous with burning in hellfire for me, or at least just upsetting baby Jesus. So I was really putting my first one off a while to be like, hey, I want to make sure I remember thinking to myself, Hannah, make sure that the thing that you get put on your body permanently, you actually love. And the only thing I could think in the future that I would still have that feeling and sentiment toward was my favorite sports teams. And so I got those three logos drawn up and I put them together and showed the guy in Parajau. And I've had him ever since. But yeah. Well, that, that's amazing
1: because you're because you just said your dad because your dad made you be fans of those teams growing up. So he can't get too upset. Not at you know, all. Even as a pastor, you, you did this, Dad. I got this from watching you. Like the old drug commercial.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm an I'm an asshole Yankee fan because. Of you i've also been rogue the way that you're talking for an uh, asian mom a lot of shit just didn't translate or didn't need to come out on, or i was going to get in trouble you know so i had to just like right i had to like make kind of attacks in a place where i could feel somewhat protected so like even that the very calculated move to this day most of my visible tats that they can see are things like a pencil on my arm, and I'm like, oh, it's because I love to write, and I'm an English major. It's like they they can't lose they can't lose God over a pencil. Like on my other right. arm is my sober date, so it's like, oh, mom, you don't like that? That's when your daughter stopped yeah. drinking herself to death. Yeah, and then on her new all the slutty ones I put near my twat waffle, and we'll just have to see and let God sort it out. <laughs> and I, I, incidentally, I mean, that is tattooed. Tw- yeah, my
1: twat waffle let God sort it out.
0: If if I happen to pass before them, that's clearly, you know, it's just one of those deaths that's out of alignment and they're going to have to just look at my body like the shittiest season of True Detective. I I can't I can't be I can't be jumping through every hoop for these ingrates. I mean oh my god (laughs) now do you have to explain
2: how you became a Yankees fan uh every time you newly disrobe in front of somebody because like that would be like where mind would go as a sports fan because you'd be like Indiana Indiana wait something's out of place here what's the story for sure
0: there's a million reasons and you know just men in general when they find out like a female likes stuff that they do traditionally yeah they're really hard on us anyway as far as being like you need to justify why you're wearing that hat like you would never ask you'd never (laughs) ask a dude fan if you're like yeah it's so so stupid real fan or did you get that at Urban Outfitters and I'm like buddy I don't want to have to Uh, unpack my fandom for you or the fact that I was at the opening day of New Yankee Stadium even though I was blacked out and don't really remember it's like this isn't about you Connor are you gonna buy buy me this drink and (laughs) go on if otherwise, but yeah, yeah, there are those issues. (laughs) I remember once in my young twenties getting hit on by a Boston Red Sox fan, just a dude, you know, in a, in a goofy cap. Mm -hmm. And I just let him buy me the drinks, but I, he was like, Hey, you want to come back home with me? And I, I'll never forget. At that time I only had that one tattoo. I was very young, you know, on the Horrigan trail. And I was like, I just lifted up my shirt. And I was like, uh, Happy to, you know, like I said, come back with you, but I don't know if this is the thing you want to see and jizz on every morning. And he lost it. He lost it. And we went on to not fuck. That's how much disrespect we have for each other's fan bases. Uh,
1: You got to... You gotta tell me that up front. Like I <laughs> like asking like asking a cop, are you a cop? You have to tell me that. You can't just yeah. throw your gang signs up with gang colours up like that. I'm one of those
0: fans, like to this day, where it's like if I see somebody has like a vanity plate on their car and it's like a split sports plate, where it's like, in this house, we have a favorite NL uh, and yeah. an AL team. I'm always like, You're yeah. not a real fan. <laughs> unless you present me the origin story of your own and be like well my my mom fucked a padres player and my dad grew up loving the marlins you know and i'm like okay i guess but even yeah you have to
1: be the parent of two children who are currently being employed by those teams (laughs) as players like unless you are the canseco brothers or whatever the fuck i don't know kim canseco giambi I can't even keep up with the time one. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> the Watts, the Watts would have been a better reference, I guess, for brothers that are spread across the league. But but I still agree with you. I don't like the split jerseys, the the, the <sighs> allegiance. This isn't uh isn't time for that, especially for Hannah. Game going
2: colors. um going back to the story, like you know, I I would always go on baseball road trips uh, as well from Cleveland, and uh, whenever you get really drunk and. Like, that ride back home just absolutely sucks. I don't remember you talking about the ride back home in the story, but what was that ride back home like after you got thrown out? To
0: everything? be honest, the, the ride back to the place we were staying – is a part of a blackout for me you know I had like they got me across the street to a place called hockey town and I proceeded to drink like a a tiny bit more and then basically went to you know night night and that's where they took me back to the place we were staying and put me down for what would turn out to be a disco nap they thought potentially (laughs) my I remember my friends to this day were that were there for that story were like oh we thought you were for sure toast you had drank literally a keg's worth of beer on a tiny frame like it's just it's not too much but I didn't I like raised up like the girl from the ring fucking (laughs) matrix up at one point but that's what I was gonna say I think even the ride to and from like I don't remember too much because it was so early in my 20s and in my drinking that it's just like your metabolism is higher and you can like bounce off of like hangovers, like situations Mm -hmm. faster than what you start to see, like in the future coming out of you. So it's like, you know, I was able, like, it's just like, even me going back out that night is just like, oh, that's how much your body can like metabolize and keep up with that shit as best it can, you know, at the start. Sure. And depending on how you're like surrounding yourself with other people, you have the potential to kind of go unnoticed for how bad something actually is depending on your ability mm-hmm. to just keep navigating it you know
2: it is mm-hmm. i've never really thought of it that way but it is when you have like a really 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 drunk person like that they can almost become like a horror movie villain where they're like yeah. oh my god he's back he survived that sure. <laughs> <laughs> You're
1: jason you jason know? Voorhees.
2: like we thought we got rid of him but he's back <laughs> no.
1: The <laughs> Stations of the Cross. Maybe that's what Jesus was. It's a young drunk. He got up a couple times. He fell. Well, he hey, fell I mean, for the third a, and final
2: half time. His miracles and yeah. turned things into. For alcohol. sure, I brought right? that up or when I was a alcohol. kid,
0: as a pastor's daughter. I was like, uh, "So you're telling me that the dude who turned water into wine to keep a party cracking, you know?" <laughs> like, yeah, it's
2: it's the first reading <laughs> at every Catholic wedding you go to, and right. every Catholic wedding. The first reading is how Jesus turned water into uh, wine mm. to keep a party going. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, oh,
0: that's funny.
1: So, so, Hannah, you are sober now, as you say, through that story. Four years. Congratulations on that, by the way. Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Uh, I'm a little over two years, and Sean right here is thinking about doing a Sober Tober. Well, I, I already started, so I got. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. Uh, I, think I have six days. Are oh, six days yeah. in? When I yeah. when I was back in Chicago recent recently, Sean came out to meet us. Drink, he was excited. He goes, "Man, he goes, I haven't drank in a week except for yesterday." Like he was excited. That was his big line. Like he was, and I got what he meant. You know, sure. he's like, "This this is big for me." I mean, I
0: haven't drank in a week. So, I mean, yesterday doesn't count, but that was a pure twenty four hours. I mean, but it's completely a valid statement. You know, if we, I even think yeah. about myself four years ago when I got sober after drinking for fifteen years, it's like. Right. I probably by the sixth day, I had already an awareness that I wasn't going to drink again. You know, so it's like even in a six day mark, there can be that can feel like monumental. So it's like even taking six days off just for your own health. Like if I already Mm -hmm. knew then that I was like shifting into something that was like, oh, this just feels different. You know, that's like mm-hmm. everybody has the ability to kind of access that, which is why I even just like in sobriety don't like harp on anyone. It's clearly I would drug my feet way, way too long. But at the same time, you know, it's neither here nor no, there.
1: Absolutely. And it sounds like you're in the same plan as I am with 150 milligrams of edibles. <laughs> yeah. We're the Demi, I have to call it the Demi Lovato plan, <laughs> you know, where we do every other drug. Yeah.
2: Well, yeah, sobriety right now I feel is like, Almost I don't want to use a word like cool cuz that's what they say at like uh, anti-drug things yeah. but like when we were growing up sobriety meant you met in the basement of a church and drank the worst coffee you ever heard <laughs> right. you, you ever had for sure. and, but now like there's more like there's these books on like low ca- like low alcohol cocktails mm-hmm. and everything and there's just there 's a wider array of options yeah there's all C.
1: sober curious like there's a trend you read in articles mm-hmm. where people get to go to uh, they miss pay they miss paying eighteen dollars for drinks like in New York so they 'll go get a mocktail and <laughs> spend, <laughs> spend like you know twenty six dollars for a, a ridiculous mixologist un- non alcoholic drink and uh it's a, I, I always find that it 's a fun slap in the face to be sober curious to the to alcoholism being a disease like that 's the no one's ever cu- No one's ever curious of the the uh, medicine
0: like of a disease. Yeah, no yeah. one's no one's chemo curious. Well, I mean, if I knew it would just easily like take ten pounds off me, I'd think about a drip or two for sure. Absolutely, but that's why I think the
1: Blackout Diary sh- podcast and the show itself is important. So you can so you can uh, keep these stories in time, you know, and lock these down. Yeah, so in memorial, we need to know. Right, about they have them. exactly they have to be chronicled. I'm not saying I have to go to the Smithsonian or anything, but you know they they have to be documented for history's sake. For sure. I believe
0: you can put an asterisk <laughs> next to my name, but I existed so. Yeah, this podcast right. and others prove it, Mom. Yeah,
1: you cannot deny history.
2: I can't take these. Hannah, would uh, before you take off, what do you, you're calling in from New York? Are you doing shows out
0: there? What are you doing? I am. Aside from sitting in this stairwell, I've been. To.
1: You are. I mean, this is amazing. You're sitting in a stairwell yeah, in the great. village. This is incredible. I don't know if you're shooting an Andy DeFranco <laughs> video or something, but it's just, <laughs> I love it
0: in hell's kitchen oh my god for real it's like there i I was like reading about the history of this area and it was like here's a walking tour you can go and watch where all to see where all the people got stabbed that had mob ties you know and i was like oh i fuck with that actually the darkness in me was like for sure um but yes i've been performing at the stand comedy club on 16th great club yeah it's uh it's It's great my fucking dream so i'm just Mm -hmm. you can watch me up there being nervous sandwiched in between my heroes at any given night of the week
1: Awesome. What else you got to pull up? What else is going on? What else on you got there? going like on? Uh, besides some ways like our the Indiana Pacer commercial? I know you you throw that on stage as a joke, but it's hilarious. And I love it. It is. I, I, it's I, a bigger uh, deal. That's great. It's a
0: bigger deal to me personally, CJ, than like mm-hmm. a special would be. <laughs> yes. You know, like mm-hmm. I'm sure little, I'm like a little mixed child of the corn, dude. Like we the, the <laughs> <laughs> my parents, I swear to God, you know, in the 80s and 90s, my parents yeah. used to drive us from cornfields, Indiana into Indianapolis for like a treat we'd sit in the nosebleeds of Market Square Arena and I would just like lose my zen to fucking the Davis Brothers and Reggie Ah, Miller so it's like nowadays nowadays for me CJ in the past two years online it's like I don't have viral numbers or any of that stupid shit which I know is valuable but it's like cool things have happened where like Reggie Miller is now my like Instagram friend and he's like a support system and like well we'll comment on my things and like bolster me in that way and it's like that's that kind of stuff where like looking at my exes I'm like
1: I already have yeah right I yeah I'm three connections away from Rick Smith's motherfucker don't you tell dude so (laughs) and And you dumped me yeah so there was that's incredible um,
0: there's that kind of stuff swirling and I'm like excited to get involved in projects but I'll have an album coming out in the next several months called Asian American Psycho with 800 pound gorilla yeah it's my origin it's my origin story of growing up an air fried egg roll so sorry Uh (laughs)
1: that's incredible like I told my parents
0: I was like this one's really gonna hurt your feelings but after that (laughs) you know I'm always two bad sets in a row like I said from turning my heart back over to Jesus Christ and becoming the new John Christ. so just look out (laughs)
1: <laughs> well, that's something to look out to in the future. Hey, right? God, what a <laughs>
2: well! Thank <blessing>. you. <laughs> yes, thank you so much, Hannah, uh, for not only performing on the show but also joining us here on the podcast. The I best. really
0: appreciate it, y'all. I'll talk to you soon. Love you, Hannah Rush line, everybody. Yes. <laughs> <laughs>
2: And we're back on the Blackout Diaries. This is Sean Bear Flannery, CJ Sullivan. We're yes. talking baseball fandom. And uh, that was Hannah Rushline who just left us. Uh, yeah, we're on her side. Yeah. She shouldn't have been thrown out. That's part of the game. <laughs> yelling at the players, yelling at the ums.
1: Yelling in general it, it is what is part of the beauty of going to a baseball game. Mm-hmm. We went, uh, I just went actually last week, uh, a bunch of us went, a bunch of old Chicago comics to the Cardinals. We were playing the Dodgers and we wanted to... Nick Vatterot, fan of show, I guess the show, guest of the show. Wanted to get, we were going to try to get Pool Holes a 700th home run. That was, that oh, was, the, sure. that, was yeah. the, that was the plan, you know. It was a Sunday afternoon game. He, mm-hmm. uh, he was a jerk and hit two on Friday night and got it over with. So, and then, and then, uh, <laughs> and then, and then it was, then, so then after he got it over with, I had to explain to all these comics what a Sunday lineup was. And that means <laughs> Pool probably won't be playing until maybe <laughs> the night they'll pinch hit him. And that's exactly what happened. But, <laughs> So so none of us sat in the same section. Everyone's walking around. Was, the sun was pretty hot, but it was mm-hmm. just survival mode. But that's what... But that's what, like, the beauty of, of going to a baseball game live. You, don't, you know, the game's happening, you know? Yeah. It's in the background. You can mm-hmm. you, you tune in for a little bit. But then you can just scream anything. You can scream about your job. We're <laughs> screaming about new rules. Not a, You can scream about the it, game. It's just loud. La- it's, it's the only, only sports where it's so much louder in the stands than anything that's going on in the field. Because it's a yeah. library on the field. <laughs> People are yelling, hot dogs, vendors. We're just screaming everything. It's just chatter. It's just amazing, you know? So I think that's... That's part of that's what you're paying for. It's a place where you can publicly The right to scream. The right to scream. That's all we're trying to do here.
2: I totally agree. And it's interesting to me like how baseball just like (laughs) it's funny to me how like you wouldn't think baseball would have the most unruly fans, right? Because it's like Kind of a more boring game. Mm-hmm. But like, whenever you read about like these new stadiums, like it happened in Atlanta, it happened at the Mets New Stadium, it's always baseball fans that get so drunk, they end up dying at the stadium, like on these like really long escalators, like it happened in Atlanta, New York, Arlington, it had a guy who was trying to catch a fall ball, fell two stories. Like, that's just, and I think it's because baseball, <laughs> there's just no reason. You know how like you don't realize how drunk you are when you're drinking until you stand up?
1: Yes. Yeah. There's just yeah, no yeah, yeah. reason to stand up in right. baseball. So you
2: just, you've been drinking for eight innings. <laughs> and then you stand up, and you're like, oh, my God. They're
1: coming to you with the beers. Yeah, you're sitting there, yeah. you're roasting in the sun, and then you get like, whoa, what just happened here?
2: <laughs> and you got to go down a – like, I think it's architectural negligence that you put drunk <laughs> baseball fans on an escalator that's like 500 feet long. Right, right. <laughs> like, what do you think is going to happen? You're going to lose three three fans a season.
1: Three fans a season. There
2: should almost be – like, at Wrigley, uh, I loved it with uh, – the first time I went into Wrigley they have like these random nets uh-huh. uh on like to catch things and I didn't realize it when I First went there, but it's actually because the stadium is so falling apart that rocks fall at random yes, points yes,
1: in time. Yes,
0: yes, yes. So it's actually to
2: catch the the failing foundation. But I assumed it was for drunk fans, drunk people. And I was like, "This is the greatest idea everywhere. There's just <laughs> nets everywhere. Like it looked, it looked like a like a like a pirate ship or something. Just nets right. everywhere, as far as you could see. And I was like, "This is a great idea."
1: There was, um, I remember, was was it Soldier Field, or whatever. There was one. Um, Sex where people were dying a couple a couple of people were dying a lot in a month because it was like the one area you, you could go to, to go smoke, but you couldn't smoke there legally they, so they're hanging off this ledge and it was almost like <laughs> like an old like Venus flytrap like a web of just like dead animals caught on this thing like yeah, that was where Johnny tried to catch a smoke there he he fell four floors, you know, like it's like because <laughs> this is nowhere to go but and uh but you're right, you're sitting down for a while you're drunk. remember the Phillies fan who threw up on that little girl. Oh my think, God! And, yeah. he, and he was just one of those things, like yeah, he was drunk, but like I just didn't realize how drunk I was. You know, when you're I stood up, <laughs> right? I mean, obviously, I'm not trying to throw up on a little girl by any means. Well, that, that was so funny
2: because. They threw the book at that guy. I mean, like, like he right. was publicly identified. Yeah, they're like yeah. Philly. Like, like they're uh-huh. like, we we already suffered enough when we beat right. up Santa Claus. Exactly. We gotta find this asshole <laughs> and we and we gotta peer, You know, give him the blue streak. Yeah, they're like and the, it really the, was
1: the, the parents like when, when your kid gets caught like the shoplifting. Don't worry, we're gonna put He's gonna get plenty <laughs> of punishment back home, officer. You the, you the, he would love to be in jail for what he's gonna go through. But he, I mean, it was just his his
2: really poor fortune uh-huh. that it was a a little girl underneath him right, because you could right. see everyone's reaction. Like when he first vomited, they're like, that's hilarious. Mm-hmm. Like Philly on Philly <laughs> violence, you know, <laughs> like dirt bag to dirt bag interactions. But yeah. then he hits the one little girl in the stands <laughs> and it's like his life is over.
1: There was that one. And then there was that, I think it was that same week where a Philly fan ran on the field and he got tased and that cop. Oh like, yeah. Not, I love the hope the cops just not even going to run. Like, I'm just going to tase this guy. That was <laughs> it's like yeah. that amazing picture of how a different Picture. I mean, of he looking different, of Taze. Back I don't night. know
2: if you remember that, but that was during the World Series mm-hmm. when that kid ran. It. So he lost his scholarship to Brown. He was right. going to be an incoming freshman at Brown. But this, the funniest thing is like, so that made like national news. Yeah. And um, uh he's like, yeah. And I had my parents' permission. And then the mom did an interview. They were the parents were divorced. She's like, I want to be real clear. He called his dad. <laughs>
1: That's right. <laughs> to get that permission, he got the okay. Yeah. <laughs> You
2: only live once, son. <laughs> taste. and the dad was like, "I never in a hundred years thought he'd be tasted. <laughs> I ran on the field all the time growing right. up.
1: Right, that's the thing. <laughs> you have told you tell a great story about Cleveland. First of all, I love when fans fan used to run on the field all the time a lot, oh, especially God, in the seventies, yeah. and it was shown on TV, and it was it be a little more fun too. It's gotten a lot, it's gotten a lot more. Uh, Serious now with the, with the Well, those two guys
2: the, it was the White Sox it was the two White Sox fans that ruined it. Where that beat the, up when the father first and son base coach, baseball yeah. has always been about fathers and sons assaulted the first base coach right. together. <laughs> and now they're like much more serious about
1: it. Yeah, and the cameras don't show up. they love so I love when he announced, like, we're not gonna show him on camera and give this guy, you know, oh, the, his, the
2: the phrase allergy. Yeah. A, we got a knucklehead. Yeah,
1: knucklehead out there. We're not gonna give him his moment because that's what he wants. Yeah. attention. God forbid somebody runs out there. We because like sometimes it's the most exciting thing that happens in three it's hours. Great. I'm watching it's a great. baseball game. Can someone run? Dude, it's anything? the highlight
2: of every game. First of all, it's the only time as a society we can make millionaires wait on us. <laughs> it, it's,
1: it's right.
2: It's like it's the only W we can put up in the the class war that is going on. This <laughs> running onto a baseball field, <laughs> however short lived, it's our only W. And just the smile. Like if you ever watch like the still photos of. Of those or the yeah. smile they have right. before they're tackled. Just <laughs> ear to ear, 40,000 fans cheering them yeah. on. You know, run like it is, it's the good. And they the do one juke, and they're always, smile.
1: you know, that first juke is always good. Cause, you know, security yeah. guards aren't ready for this. You know, they're just, this is not what they signed up for. They're getting, <laughs> and $12. baseball
2: players ain't, ain't, ain't clocking yeah, in. To they're not
1: it. moving. Security guards are making $12 an hour. They're yeah. usually, you know, doing it on your seats. And then they get, and then they, uh, and then they get pummeled, or whatever. But didn't you say was it was it a Cleveland game? Where whatever they made the announcement of yeah, what the they final made an was be? So many
2: fans had run onto the it was a it was a back to back doubleheader against the Tigers in the eighties, mm-hmm. and uh, so many fans had run on the field between the two games uh, that I hear the announcer. I'm there with all my buddies, and the announcer like is, is just pissed. And he goes, "Well, fans." That's seventy dollars and a night in jail. It doesn't sound like such a good deal now, does it? And like with that, like thirty people ran out of the field. <laughs> it sounds like a great deal. <laughs> it was like the great. I was. It's probably the proudest I've ever been to be from Cleveland. It was like it was, it's like the city of Cleveland really like listened to that guy and crunched the numbers. That's so funny. Like, I thought it would be several hundred. Right.
1: You know? Being on the phone. Well, turns out I'm not going to need that ride. I get, yeah, we're a place to stay tonight. <laughs> I got a. I got free room and board, and I think I, I think I got a phone call, and breakfast, baby, out of the deal. <laughs> well, CJ, speaking of free room
2: and beer board. Yes, uh, we have a fan here, a baseball fan. That we would, we, you know, we have a segment here called Open Invite, where mm-hmm. we like to invite people to come, regular people to come to our show and tell their side of a great drinking story. And this is a fan who got drunk at a beer festival, stole a minor league baseball team's dragon mascot outfit, bar hopped, posed for pictures with fans, and took a joy ride. In a rickshaw, all after <laughs> passing out inside a clubhouse.
1: Oh my god! The lawlessness <laughs> with mascot costumes—it <laughs> is it, always be unsettling. People there's something think about can...
2: when you put it right. on, it makes you evil. It's—it's it's like Lord of the Rings or something. It's like I am all powerful with this. I they, can
1: do whatever I want. Exactly. People think they can attack any mascot as well. there's no one in there. You know, it, it's
2: like the rules of men no longer apply to you. <laughs> You're now like some sort
1: of god. <laughs> <laughs> You're rolling a dice before we get to our buddy Batami Mayo, who, ta- who got re- re- thrown in the United Center jail for tackling yep. a mascot. Because yeah,
2: your your former roommate, good friend of the of the podcast, was thrown in jail for tackling a mascot.
1: Tackling a mascot because it turns out the guy, the security, yells, that's there's a 16 year old girl inside that costume, or a, a five foot young girl. But you don't think of that. You don't. <laughs> no. Have you ever You're seen that famous
2: ESPN footage when ESPN Mexico had um. Who was that heavyweight uh who just lost uh, to uh Tyson Tyson uh, Fury
1: uh oh, Devonte Wilder? Yes.
2: Did you ever see that famous clip where ESPN Mexico they're like how hard do you hit Devonte? And he's right. known as like one of the hardest Part hitting heavyweights is, yes. of all time. Yep. Like like he's known for his power. Okay, he's like <laughs> right. I hit pretty hard. They're like okay, we'd like to touch it <laughs> against <laughs> this mask. That's- and he fucking nails this mask on. Both its eyes go flying off. There was a dude inside who gets a fractured
1: oh, eye socket. Oh my and- god. And-
2: Devontae uh, wilder go like they're like why'd you punch him that hard he's like i didn't think there was a human in there yeah.
1: <laughs> and you don't yeah, you right. about it. exactly <laughs> <laughs> he's like i
2: would never just sucker punch a normal person with all my might i could kill him but i <laughs> it is an amazing ab- for all our listeners go google that clip if you've never seen that clip google that clip it's amazing
1: let's well, get into kind of this open invite guy who stole the mask
2: so this, it says, when Joe Gillespie got tickets to a beer festival, he was looking forward to a couple casual drinks with one of his friends. But when he got drunk quicker than first thought, mm-hmm. like we said, with baseball, and passed out in a stairwell of a minor league baseball stadium, his night in Charlotte, North Carolina, quickly turned into Homer's Odyssey. <laughs> he ended up stealing the outfit of the Charlotte's Knights mascot, <laughs> aptly named Homer. And it's like this dragon outfit. All right. And he starts uh, basically a bender. Bar hopping
1: around the city.
2: Around the city, and two days later, he's arrested for possession of stolen property and possession of
1: marijuana. Oh, you forgot! You forgot the one part. He finished off his evening by joyriding on a bicycle rickshaw. <laughs> it's just like it, <laughs> just, which is. It's just. Comedy transportation, comedy costumes. This, this is, amazing. is
2: great. Let's hear his side of the story here. Like, All right. He makes himself what I love about this article is Joe makes himself completely available. Like whenever like Joe obviously doesn't have a lawyer.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah.
2: They tell you, don't say anything. Don't talk to the press. Don't say anything. Joe has made himself a hundred percent available.
1: Well, Sean, if I can jump in right now, his first exclusive interview went to the Charlotte-based magazine Creative Loafing. <laughs> That's
2: awesome. <laughs> this guy is great. He, we got to find this guy.
1: <laughs> yeah. So he had VIP tickets to Beer Fest at B&B Ballpark, home of the AAA Knights. He goes, we started about 4 o'clock Saturday afternoon. We made a full lap around the park in about an hour. Then an hour or two into it, I was pretty hammered already, <laughs> he tells Creative Loafing. I told my buddy Mark, i got to run upstairs and get some food because I'm drunk. I ran upstairs, ate some barbecue, and that's the last thing I remember. <laughs> the event ended at 9. Next thing I remember, I wake up. It's 12.30 a.m. on Sunday, and I'm at the bottom of a stairwell with no idea where I'm at. I called out for my buddy Mark. Where the fuck are you? Dude, I don't know. I think I'm still in the stadium. <laughs> <laughs> he said he was at Hooters, so Gillespie decided to meet him there. <laughs> when he was leaving the stadium, he saw the door of the mascots room was, was to his right. So he thought, "There's no way this door's unlocked." I like he, that's a, that's a Sean Flannery move right there, where you start blaming them.
2: Well, there's oh, no yeah. way,
1: there's no way this door's unlocked. And if it's unlocked, love, that's on them.
2: I love that. Like that's part of the nightly like <laughs> checklist, like the right. run book you got to go through. Tell me you locked up the mascot, Freddie. <laughs> Tell me you didn't forget to lock up the mascot, <laughs> Freddie.
1: He goes. I turn the handle. It opens right up, and there's that damn costume. <laughs>
2: Stared at it, like, like taunting right. me. What could I do?
1: It would be a crime to leave it there, to be honest with you. So I suited and right they, up. They do talk about it like it's
2: a supernatural, like it's calling to you, like the Ring of Sauron or like.
1: Amazing. So I suited up, walked out the door, proceeded to Hooters. <laughs> walked into Hooters, but didn't even know it was me. I was raging, dude. He says. <laughs> they left Hooters. There's a big line of tilt next door. So I go, yo, man, can I go in? He goes, no. I go, dude, you're not going to let Homer, the fucking mascot, into your bar right now? (laughs) (laughs) Then he said, of course you can come in, Homer. (laughs) There was nobody on the dance floor. I came sliding in and started getting it. This guy's just having a... (laughs) Imagine Amazing. you're at this da- Yeah, you're still in
2: <laughs> the drug mascot. The, the minor League mascot runs oh, through the door and my slides God. onto the this, dance. The way floor. he
1: explains it like this is like a coming, like, a social experiment almost, like to help cure anxiety. Because I, I he goes like there there's yeah. nobody on the dance floor. I come sliding in to start getting it. I was doing all the moves you always wanted to try but are too embarrassed to.
0: <laughs>
1: <laughs> he insisted
2: yeah. I mean it's gotta be pretty yeah. fearing. Like have you ever heard of um uh, there's a like a famous uh philosophy like ethical conundrum. I, I can't remember what it's called, but it's like the Ring of Gyges or something like that. But like they're always like, would you be a good man if nobody could recognize right. who you are? Like because that's true ethics. <laughs> and <laughs> and I love the idea of that's what the mascot is. <laughs> it's like, I get to hide Every, the self and yeah, just be the animal. I've always everyone wanted should get a, to everyone be.
1: should get a day with a mascot costume. <laughs> yeah, you should. And you, it should be consequence-free. Uh, he said he woke up to police surrounding him on his bed, and he instantly goes, no problem, officers. The costume is right over there in tip-top shape. No beer stains on it at all. He goes, it smells bad, but it smelled bad when I first started. He just thought he was going to be, you know, no harm, no foul. He said, that was my plan all yep. along, to return it. The, the female officer said she thought it was a prank call until she looked through the window and saw the head of the mascot sitting on the table like that. Like, oh, we got a real situation here, boys. <laughs> It wasn't all bad, though, Sean, he said. he will face a ju- He's going to face a judge. He had a GoFundMe account for his defense, which was qu- quickly taken down by the website. Oh, come
2: on. They should have shit. Because whenever you go to GoFundMe and if you click on a random thing, it's such a down. Right. It's like kid with cancer, M- mother killed in car accident. But if you had more of this stuff, like I drunkenly stole a mascot <laughs> and I'm looking for bail money. Oh, Joe. Oh, man. I- open invite whenever you want. We'll come find you in Charlotte. Now, Sean, you got kicked out of a Yankees game, right? I wasn't thrown out. In fact, I was, um, I was, uh, the red carpet was rolled out for me. It, it was, it was right. quite that's the opposite what I, of me what I was going to say. Uh, and that's mm-hmm. because I, I attended under very unique circumstances. Okay. I uh, I had a back that was broken in three places and a metal mm-hmm. torso cast. And then I had an air cask on now, my leg, like a very high one. That went air all the way up To my knee. They, yeah. And that was because I had walked off a three-story building. That was the, the
1: aftermath. This is the sequel to the falling off the roof story of what happened. You Correct. fell off a roof, and, and then this- you had plans to go to Yankee Stadium from Cleveland. Didn't change your plans to one bit. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't
2: I, I, not only did I not change the plans, this is, the, this is one of the things I miss about uh-huh. the 1990s. I did not... Like, give Donna, who was my ride to New York, an update <laughs> at all. So she, like, we just had an agreed upon, she's like, I'm going right. to pick you up uh, Thursday, yep. 9 a.m., and I just come out of the house, and she's like, what the hell happened? <laughs> <laughs> but I miss those entrances. That's from a great Because nowadays we're all on social yeah. media together, so, like, we all sort of know what's going on with our lives, even if we don't... I, I remember great entrances in the 90s, where a dude would just come in, like... Married, you know, and I'll be like, last I saw you, you were threatening to kill her. Well, we worked all that out and we're married now. (laughs) <laughs>
1: like, let's drive to new york or they would have like like
2: you know uh whole like slings and just like right. major life updates the second they walked in and i missed that yeah you're right so much. people
1: would be updated now people are updated instantly and they can get back out of stuff and cancel but you're right you, you can't do these appearances now i'm like this is, i'm going as is. I'm
2: going as it so we we go out there which was already funny because we gave ourselves uh neither one of us had ever left like the cleveland ohio area at this point in time we gave ourselves like 10 hours and no additional time for traffic or parking in manhattan Uh, (laughs) so it takes like 13 hours eight of which is like looking for parking in manhattan right um but we finally get there and it's like 100 degrees that weekend like actually Uh 100 degrees i'm not exaggerating and um i had this metal torso cast on me and like it would just Heat up in the sun and it would be unbearable. So, I came up with this thing that I called my summer cast. Where, (laughs) so I, the reason you need to wear, um, like this torso brace when you break your back the way I break is you need to have exactly perfect posture so that your spine grows back correctly. I mean, I guess that's what you need for all casts, but (laughs) so what I did is I went to a big and tall shop Uh and I bought the longest athletic tube socks. I'd ever seen in my life. And then I would have my buddies tie them around my torso, all the way from like my abdomen all the way up to my chest. I remember this one girl, I'm bringing in my luggage, and this girl, like everyone wants it. I will say this if you ever get a chance traveling, Covered in bandages and a cast is the way to travel. Everyone wants to help you. You know, everyone is very friendly.
1: That's a poor man's first class. You get, yeah. the, you get the red carpet rolled out for you. Yeah.
2: <laughs> this girl goes to pick up my luggage for me when we yeah. park. And she's like, oh, let me help you with that. And she just like, it's almost like the Hulk or something like that. She like throws it across the room. It's just right. filled with socks. It's just, a, it's like a giant bag of socks. Right. You know? she she's gonna like, be what happy. the hell's in that? I'm like, oh, that's my cast, you know. And <laughs>
1: My tee composed. I I still have to build it.
2: (laughs) Build it. But so we go to the we go to the Yankee Stadium, and uh, we had. Are you on
1: crutches? Are you in a wheelchair? What's going on? I'm in crutches.
2: I'm in crutches. Um, and we go there, and we have like general admission seats and like way nosebleeds. It's going to be terrible in this heat and everything. But Mm -hmm. whatever. And but as I'm walking in, like the usher, Yankee Stadium is great. It's a lot like Wrigley because everyone's like 80 years old, the right. staff, like they're all yep. super old. Mm-hmm. And this dude looks at me, and goes, buddy, you want to sit in the handicap section? <laughs> like I'm looking, like I'm just sweating everywhere. Yeah, yeah. this. And I'm like, do I qualify? And he goes, you sure look like you do. <laughs> <laughs> you know? like I just like <laughs> so we go down to the handicap section and it's like right behind home plate. It's like amazing seats.
1: Yes. the great seats. Always tell for those seats.
2: Um and it's just like the four of us uh, mm-hmm. and um it's awesome and we're having a blast and I'm noticing that like and Tyson had told me I'm I'm with my buddy Tyson who you've met and yep. um he had told me the night before he's like everyone you know it, 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 New York's a lot different than Cleveland and he's like one of the things you're gonna notice is the women are all like gorgeous and they all like are dressed to the nines and I'm like all <laughs> right you yeah, know come on yeah I don't, right. like, I don't think it'd be that different but I'm looking in this section and I'm like oh my god he's right like everyone is just stunning yeah, yeah. and then I'm like noticing more I'm like they know a surprising amount about baseball like they're like cheering for like <laughs> yeah un- unheralded players like knowing their stats and all that and then bunch like, of Hannah's out there but then I realize <laughs> we hear more and more and then we start overhearing conversation we're the the area around us is all the players' wives.
1: <laughs> wow, yeah. you're in a players' wives section. Yeah, we're in a That's players' hilarious. wives section. There's <laughs> Tino Martinez's wife and yeah. shit.
2: <laughs> Paul yeah, O'Neill. This probably was like '97. So, right, yeah, so yeah, it was like, like that. Paul like O'Neill. Yeah, Paul like O'Neill. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh my god! And we're drinking, and then like I you know I I run out of money mm-hmm. and uh, as
1: one will do in New York.
2: But I'm I, as you know I'm a planner. On Mm -hmm. these, on these matters. Right. So what I had done is I had an air cast and Tyson and I had punctured the bladders and we had filled (laughs) it up with vodka. (laughs) So I take the air casts off and we start drinking out of the cast. Tyson's then girlfriend. Tyson's then girlfriend. Hot
1: summer vodka in your fucking disgusting air cast. (laughs) Oh my God. I that was said, so proud of the cost savings. That says Don Mattingly's wife. <laughs> <laughs> I
2: remember. <laughs> That's like kind of the last thing I remember.
1: Right.
2: <laughs> <laughs> Is taking that off and of taking a, <laughs> a sip. But I, I do remember. And you um,
1: and you questioned if you qualify for the handicap section, <laughs> <laughs> let alone your physical disabilities. <laughs> Passing around that shit, put you in there.
2: Tyson's <laughs> girlfriend at the time, because we we were drinking pretty hard before we ran out of money, and she's mm-hmm. she's like, "Are you two going to be okay?" And, and she <laughs> hears me we go, "We're the last two people you need to worry about." And then I pick up a cast <laughs> and take a
0: sip.
1: And next, yeah, you're on the field.
2: <laughs> what well, next thing I do is I come to and we're at a bar with the players' wives. Oh, you made friends, and, of course. Yeah, and um I um I have Bernie, now Bernie like,
1: Bernie Williams' wife, I still talk to her.
2: <laughs> I have like a uh, 200 bucks in my pocket now so i've withdrawn money okay. like at some point which was because i distinctly remember tyson telling tyson go like don't let me withdraw money i can't afford it all right it'll be an overdraft but you know obviously that's sure. all like, how are you gonna slow down that train at that point you no, know you're um, in new york
1: yeah that's that's this, <laughs> this is happening
2: so we're we're drinking there and um this is i think the only time in my life i've ever been thrown out of a bar and uh, we're drinking, and it's in That's, a fancy place. Yeah, you know, it's, it's the Yankees' wives, right? And um, <laughs> I I'm I'm so drunk, I get confused, and I go to pick up. Well, so the first order, they throw me out because they say I vomited in okay. the uh, the bar. So like three bouncers come and get me
1: because they got, like, say my, you you deny this. They,
2: well, yeah, no uh, yeah. So I'll, I'll okay. tell the story what I get, at, but uh, so like three of them come to get me because like you know my crutches and everything. And um, you know the the summer cast is all these socks, so I look fat from the outside. <laughs> so this guy like p- picks me up, but I just remember him. He goes, "This guy's got a weird fucking body." Because <laughs> <laughs> I looked like I probably right, weighed like right. two seventy, you, yeah, you know, or sure. something like that. But you know, just squeezed <laughs> all in, just socks. You know, <laughs> he's got
1: no he's literally got no bones whatsoever going around <laughs> here.
2: But they give me out there like, "You're out of here. You threw up." And I'm like, sir, sir, if I may, you know, I didn't, I didn't throw up. Uh, What I had done is I was so drunk. I confused my beer for a candle and I picked Mm. up a candle, took a sip of it. Hot wax went into my mouth and it burned me and I spit it out.
1: And (laughs) so obviously I'm being wrongfully ejected (laughs) from this bar. (laughs) Innocent mistake of drinking a candle. (laughs) I was like...
2: (laughs) (laughs) They found it, like, so funny because I was – like, you know how I am. Like, I I can be a mess, but I can speak like somebody that isn't.
1: No, of course. Yeah,
2: absolutely. So, like, oh, well, this guy does seem to have his faculties. You're
1: you're like those crazy guys that represent themselves in court. Like, (laughs) okay, he doesn't really know the law, but he does sound – like, he does make some points here. (laughs) He obviously came in with an agenda. Yeah, and and I wasn't, like,
2: angry, and I was, like, laughing. So, like, okay, you know, we'll let him back. I was thrown out five minutes later for stealing somebody's wine. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so that talked him into it. The kid thought that was a whack. All right. He, technically, he is right. He did not throw up. It was just a candle. Yeah. So we, we read the rules, and apparently you, you're allowed to stay. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man, that's amazing. That's what baseball does for you, let alone New York City. Do, hey, man, it
2: was a great day. One of the best days of my life. <laughs> Russell Brannion. You remember, I saw it was his first ever game. Russell Brannion had just been called up from the minors and hit a grand slam. Ah. The Indians won uh, something like 17-4 to 4 or something like that.
1: Yeah, and that was the heyday of the Indians. Manny, oh, Manny, yeah. Your t- Tomes and Manny Ramirez Indians. Anyway, that is going to be for the Blackout Diaries. Thank you again to... Uh, Anna, yeah, absolutely. Um, Check out the Blackout Diary show if you're in Chicago every Friday night at the Lincoln Lodge, ten o'clock. We can see the live version of what's going on here, and um, get by Sean's book, Places I Can't Return To. What else you want to
2: plug in there? Uh, I also now have a weekly Wednesday show based off of places I can't return to at the Comedy Bar every Wednesday, you, 8 what p.m. What are you doing
1: there? Are you doing a live ch- chapter reading of it, but, uh, but a stand version No, it, it wouldn't. I, I, it, I know you're not a Dave That Sparrow's. would be hilarious.
2: I just put <laughs> some elbow pads. And, like, <laughs> I, I and then I entered read. the vestibule. Uh, <laughs> and what a vestibule <laughs> it was.
1: That'd be kind of awesome, actually. <laughs> kind of, I should do that one week. I mean, why
2: not? <laughs> Um no, it's just me telling the story like I right. just did. It's just me sure. telling the stories. But um, that's great. What do you got, CJ? I saw you just posted a new uh, bottom bombs. I love that bottom
1: line bombs. Yep, my new uh, weekly f- NFL football podcast. It's on the sports gambling podcast network. Um, yeah, uh, it's unbe- stra- oddly enough to me, they're doing well. Sean bits the picks with bits, and it's, it's a should. hard. It's a hard. Mix I, I think to, You know uh, what, get.
2: CJ? We need to extend this to. We should start picking cryptocurrency that's funny well actually the second most expensive cryptocurrency is a joke dogecoin yes, is a right. joke Absolutely. maybe we need to do, we need to pick
1: funny companies yeah I mean, yeah the bit is my higher power there was actually a game this week i wanted to like uh it was Kansas City-Tampa Bay. I'm like, I think Kansas City's going to win, but the bit says Tampa Bay. I so gotta if, follow if, the if, bit. If, 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 the, if the joke says Tampa Bay, they gotta follow the bit. So I gotta went with follow that. the bit. I think, tough, it, I think Tampa yeah. Bay's
2: favorite, too. But, um. I,
1: they are now. It was, it's pretty much a coin flip. But it's okay. ha- my, my basis on that, it's happening in Tampa Bay when the hurricanes are going on right now. And... And the NFL was worried about if they're going to play at all, you know. Mm-hmm. Blah, blah blah. And Tampa Bay's like, no problem. Are you kidding me? Like they, 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 they that's a routine Sunday. We rebuild.
2: We rebuild the city every eighteen months. <laughs>
1: exactly. Right. I've been down there. Like they just start patching up the hatch. Like, What's going on here? Like they're, they're, they're the worst <laughs> storm in the world will happen. Like ah, eh, no big deal. That's the old three o'clock sprinkle, you know. And it's <laughs> acting like it's nothing. I'm like, they just fucking live like this. Yeah. So they're going to be fine for those hurricanes anyway. Yeah, you can check that out. And
2: yeah, it'll guys. bring the city together.
1: Absolutely. Then talk about this And uh, follow me on Instagram, CJ Sullivan was taken. Eh, that's about it.
2: Um, like and subscribe to the podcast and share with friends. If you're listening,
0: share with friends. Do all those things. All right. We're going to go. Can't stay home. We got to get out of here. A, podca- <clears throat> A podcast network.